Hello everybody, welcome back to Farscape Rewatch Season 4, Episode 5. I am your host, Cartmore Hats, and with me as always is Red Nightmare. Hats, I'm gonna make you a promise you can't refuse. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> as I was saying that, I was like, hang on, that's not how the lie goes. And ah, whatever. <laughs> and, you know, close enough. <laughs> so yeah, this is Season 4, Episode 5, called Promises, and... Oh, this is an interesting episode. Yep. Yes, it is. So let's just catch you up on where we are. In fact, you know, we have the previously on Farscape. That seems to be happening quite a lot because there's a lot of ground to cover. Like, remember, these are things that happened and will be important later. So, yeah, we are coming back from the the end of Season 3 and beginning of Season 4, then... You know, Moya got sucked down a wormhole, but we know that Moya's back and is around somewhere. Mm-hmm. We saw the crew go hang out at Arnesk and meet up with Dago and Naranti and Jewel. And then Jewel stays behind at Arnesk. And then the rest of the, it's basically so everyone is back together apart from Aaron. And they're in Dago's ship and they go to the lava planet where they have that fun adventure we talked about last week. Yeah. Where they get a shield belt. Yeah, that was actually fairly... There was, like, a specific scene in the previously on of, like, oh, look, shield belts. You're like, yeah, oh, yeah. Look, oh, okay, sure. Uh, <laughs> and so then at the end of that episode, the end of last week's episode, they get a message on Dargo's answering machine from Moya. Like, we've heard your transmission. We're sending you our coordinates now. We are looking forward to meeting up with you again. Yay! And so, yeah, that's where we are, and that's where we start out this episode. We actually see a, a shot of a CG shot of Dargo's ship towing John's module. <laughs> Still. And they're, they're flying around looking for Moya. And uh, Rigel's like, well, how much longer are we going to be out here? We haven't seen Moya yet. Yeah, everybody's complaining. Ah, oh, it smells in here. Ah, oh, Narendi's trying to peddle her gross food again. Dargo... Can you put open a window? I need to pee. So help me, I will turn the ship around. And... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so they they do eventually actually, they, they come up on like a nebula and uh, we see Moya in the distance. It's like, there, there she is on scanners. And there's actually a really nice shot where they kind of, not come around a corner, but they come like Moya comes out from behind like a cloud bank almost in the nebula. Yeah. And we see her and it's all bright colours and... There's actually quite nice like music, and it is like a proper dramatic reveal yes. of like there they are, and everyone's eyes light up and they stare at like it's actually it's really nice. And actually, here they they calm them like, can you hear us? And um, pilot says yes, we're eager to have you back. And actually, Dargo says Moya looks beautiful, which is yeah. very sweet. And pilot responds, yeah, Moya, thanks you for that. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh oh well, thank you. I wasn't fishing for that, but thank you. <laughs> We also see that Naranti's piping up with like, hey, no, Pilot knows, he knows what happened, yeah. knows what happened. And uh, just a quick reminder, because we're still only five episodes in, Naranti is the old woman who we picked up at the end of season three. Yeah, granny. And she did say that Pilot knew what happened when they got sucked down mm-hmm. the wormhole. And Pilot says like, over the comms, he's like, um, I don't remember much. We were, memory is unclear. We were not harmed, only examined. I like that John says, examined by who? Pathfinder friends? And I'm like, yes, yes, John's on the same wavelength as me. Uh, yeah, I really did appreciate that. I was like, yes, okay, so the writers haven't forgotten about that. Like, even if that ends up not being the case, yeah. the, they, they, they're still like, no, the audience will know. They're, they're, yeah, 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 yeah. They're, we should bring this up because it makes sense. It makes sense for John to 
jump to that conclusion. Mm. But what's interesting is that Pilate says he doesn't remember who he was examined by or what really happened. But Naranti says that Pilate told her that he did. Yeah, something's wrong. It sounds like Pilate is trying not to reveal any information because there may be somebody aboard or somebody listening yeah it might be a trap i love this yeah chiana says like it might be a trap and john's like well yeah there's only one way to find out (laughs) yeah walk right into it on it charging weapon systems so yeah they they come aboard moya and we see them step out of the ship in the in the landing bay john steps off first i actually like that we see like him looking around the maintenance bay, or like like looking around the bay Mm -hmm. it's quiet and it's it does actually kind of give that feeling of like you know when you come home from like a like a vacation or like holiday and it's quiet and everything is off but then he does he sees someone in on the far side and they walk forward and actually it's aaron holy shit what she's got her hair down she's dressed in like some sort of slightly loose like suit she's something looks off about her yeah she's a bit sweaty she's almost crying actually because john says like you came back and john just says everything's gonna be all right you can see her kind of tearing up yeah that's why she cracks up yeah because she walks towards him and i'm laughing actually she cracks yeah (laughs) so they walk towards each other and as they reach she kind of collapses into his arms and she's not well no she's hot like she she's burning up john says and she says like she's got the late stages of heat delirium and she's like what's happening how what what and the only thing she says is promise me you won't hurt him who promise me not hurt who and like he found me he saved my life and john says who saved your life and out from behind like out from the back comes a very familiar face that says i did it's scorpius ah hello scorpius hi so first of all called it not dead yeah (laughs) you're not getting a prize (laughs) but yeah john immediately just points his gun at him it's like argo get out here well because he says like you're dead we put you in the ground we saw you buried and like what did you do to her what did you do but scorpius says he put erin in the coolant suit to stabilize her fever to stabilize the heat delirium and he kneels down next to her and says like she must return to the coolant room to resume full treatment did you notice at that point because john was holding her hand as she backed away from him a little bit Mm. and as scorpius says she needs to go back in the room in the coolant suit he holds the other hand it's it's a very ominous like pull between two two sides oh yes Mm, that's good symbolism yeah (laughs) but then dargo comes rushing out and in fact dargo and chiana come out and they both point guns at scorpius and aaron is insisting like he's not a threat he's always a threat john responds yeah and aaron manages to get to her feet and she says to them it's like i gave my word that he would not be harmed weapons down and chiana's like are you serious so yes or i leave moya right now she's serious about this yeah and chiana asks well what does what does he want what does scorpius want from us and aaron says that he wants asylum okay let me try to replicate my exact response when that line was said Mm mm-hmm yes (laughs) i thought this might make you happy yeah yeah yeah, it did like for the characters it's horrible but but for us but for the drama oh it's it's so good one is a pilot out in space the other is a kinky son of a bitch together they are roommates they fight crime oh right no they're roommates (laughs) 
<laughs> this, is, this is this is how a how a sitcom starts. <laughs> it's the odd couple. It's the odd couple. Yeah, exactly. But what I love about this next part is that John. Yes. Well, John obviously he can't believe it. Right. He's like, no, this is this is crazy. Well, sorry. Okay. First of all, like Scorpius says, like you must let, allow Aaron to go back to the chamber to resume the full treatment. Then we can talk. Mm-hmm. But what John says is like, I can't believe it. Like. What is it with us, like peacekeepers and us? Like they they just chase us around all over the galaxy, and then they want to move in. What are we? A bed and breakfast? Do we have a <laughs> sign outside that says free HBO? Because <laughs> again, like like this is Crace did it did the same thing. Yeah. kind of. It's I mean it's different situations, but yeah. Remember how we were talking about the fact that Scorpius seemed to be going into the same cycle as Crace? Well, he's. The only thing he now has to do is sacrifice himself for the rest, and then we'd be completely full circle. <laughs> well, that's the interesting thing, is that although uh, some of the beats are the same, like, you know, like like you said, the situations are different. It's different enough that it doesn't feel like they're literally retreading the same no. story. Also, Krace was a completely different type of enemy than Scorpius. Like, Krace was clearly driven by emotion, and he could he could be made to see reason. Scorpius was always playing on reason. Yeah, like, Krace's character arc was kind of him coming to his senses a little bit. Yeah. And realizing that he was being very self-destructive. Scorpius is just a cold, calculating bastard all the time, and this is just another move in his playbook. Mm-hmm. And so, Chiana takes Eren to the, I guess, the coolant room, where her treatment's being uh, administered. But Eren makes John promise... That he won't hoard Scorpius. I love the look that they exchange. Both very good acting from Ben Browder and Claudia Black. Where like, John's like, don't ask me this. Where Aaron is like, seriously, listen to me. Promise me this. And he says almost under his breath, mm-hmm. I, I promise. Like he just whispers it. And then he kind of grimaces at Scorpius and moves out of frame. So once Aaron's gone, John says, like, what did you do to her? And Scorpius says, I saved her. And at that point, we get a flash, as Scorpius is selling, telling that, of what looks like to be Aaron's, the carpet of Aaron's prowler and Scorpius licking her face. This is clearly John's head. Yeah, cause, but what Scorpius says is that he found her in the prowler and she was in late stages of heat delirium. And so he took her back to Moya and put her in the coolant suit to save her life. How do you find her? And Scorpius says, I was looking for all of you. And John says, like, okay, look, I told you before, you're never getting the wormhole knowledge from my brain. I couldn't even use it if I had it right now. Yeah, like, he he kind of snarls at John a bit, and then Dargo kind of, like, hisses, and so he backs down. He's clearly very upset when he's like, I couldn't even use it if I... (laughs) But so what's interesting is that that now, what that means is what Scorpius is interested in is safeguarding the wormhole knowledge in in John's head. And hoping that John makes the right choice once the scare and slaughter eventually happens. Mm. And I like that because at least in the short term, it means Scorpius's goals have changed. Yeah, but his long-term goal is still the same. But it means that... He realizes that there's no purpose trying to extract the wormhole knowledge from John's head. He can't use it, but he knows that other people will try to. Mm -hmm. And if he kills John to protect it, then he can't use the wormhole knowledge. And there'd be nothing that could fight the Scarens. Yeah, and like like he's tried to get the wormhole knowledge from John's head in the first place, and it didn't work. 
Mm-hmm. And he that's why he was willing to work with John at the end of season three, because it seems like only John can unlock and use that wormhole knowledge in his head, you know, while he's still alive. So if he wants to use the knowledge, he needs John alive. Yep. So he needs him alive because he wants it, but he has to keep him safe because nobody else need, should have it. Yep. This makes sense you know, that he wants to protect John in a twisted way, you know, because it lines up with Scorpius's ultimate goal. But of course, John and Dargo don't believe him. No. Duh. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't believe him either. No. And John's like, what is it going to... Yeah, I love this one. Was it Kryptonite? Silver Bullet? Buffy? What's it going to take to keep you in the grave? Funnily enough, when he says Buffy, we get a reaction shot of Scorpius looking up. Like, hmm? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, really? That's the way you're surprised by? The Silver Bullet and Kryptonite? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, the Kryptonians. We know those people. Lovely, lovely chaps. <laughs> It seemed more like Buffy was the one he'd heard of. He's like, huh? <laughs> I mean, it, to be fair, it is a very good show. But... Uh, yeah. <laughs> but this Dargo's just like, maybe we should cut your head off. Worked for Durka. Yes. Right after that, we flash into a corridor. And we see on either side, John and Harvey in black suits with sunglasses. And uh, Harvey is cocking a pistol. And he's like, that's good advice, John. We should just kill him. Okay, John, you don't have any time. You need to kill him right now. Funnily enough, they're actually, they've got cigarettes in because they're like, they're cool. And John takes them out. It's like, hey, come on, no smoking in my head. (laughs) What do you want me to do? Cap him right here? It's the only way, John. And... Scorpius is set putting up an extra hammy American accent. Oh, yeah, like Harvey's just like laying it on real thick. And yeah. in fact, what does he say that John wants to know what Scorpius's plan is? And Harvey says one thing, but then corrects himself because yeah. he says, same as always, survive. And then stops himself and, and then says, steal what's in your head, steal what's in there. He slips up. Hmm. So I don't, I'm not sure about that one. Yeah. It's interesting. Hmm. But so yeah, the gist of that scene is Harvey is like, kill Scorpius right now. Don't give him a chance. I mean, Harvey's got a point. Might not be the best plan, but he has a point. So then we see that Rigel uh, is preparing Scorpius's quarters. Yeah. Preparing is like, ah, coolant rod. Whoops. Oh, not a coolant rod. Oh, how slippery hands I have. You don't need these, right, Scorpius? As Scorpius is let in. Oh, how many of these do you need? But John says, stop that. Aaron needs them as well now. And Dargo's like, well, maybe we should give them all to Aaron. Not a bad point. <laughs> like John also says, we would have prepared a fruit basket, but we didn't know you were coming. <laughs> <laughs> we have continental breakfast, though. It is a better breakfast. We're not savages. <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> well, what I find is Scorpius quarters such as they are are a different set and they're a different Mm. place in moya that we haven't seen before it's a bit darker and lit more in sort of red or oranges yes a bit more bare bones as well yeah there's there is a table yeah there's like a table or like a cot bed this is very basic yeah and there's no it's like it's all bars around or at least Leviathan E bars. It could be that uh, having been in prison ship, this is like a, a isolation or special detention cell. I think or it's something. special detention. It's like the, for the very dangerous ones. Anyway, so they set Scorpius up in there, kind of lock, actually lock him in. That's where mm-hmm. he's he's not moving. And John puts eighteen twelve down yes. and says, and he says like, go go play nice with the other kids. It's like yay, eighteen twelve is being integrated into the family. And so yeah, they leave Scorpius there, all locked up. And so then we <laughs> go up to command. Oh, yes. And we see that Sikozu is just going through some consoles and on the comms to pilot. And it's like, 
pilot of Moya. This console, you know, these consoles need repairs. We need to establish. The, we need to get DRDs on this. We need to, you know, reroute power. And I'm sorry, I don't think we've been introduced. <laughs> pilot response. You, we see a reaction shot of him, and he's like, you can see from his eyebrows, he's like very confused. They're like, who are you? And she says, like, I am Tsukozu, and you know. Anyway, command functions are our priority. Send DRDs immediately. And Chiana comes up behind her and is like, "Ignore that, pilot. Do it. just keep doing what you were doing." Chiana's like, "Wow, it took you less than an hour to try try and take command of this entire ship." Yeah, that's a new record. Yeah, she says. And Sokoto's response is like, "Well, someone has to," but Chiana says, "Well, that someone is not you. Your cargo, your baggage." She's used that line before, hasn't she? Mm-hmm. I'm almost certain she's used that for uh, for Jewel. Well, yeah, but what I find, well, we'll get more into this later, but the, this attitude of Sokozu, it actually helps to distance her and separate her character from Jewel. Yeah, 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 yeah it does. But I, I did like that Janna used the same line that she used on Jewel's, like, no, you are just here as a passenger. You do not get to say anything. But th- she also says, we haven't forgotten that you were in the grave with Scorpius. Yeah, and how is he still walking around, huh? Yeah, did you help him? Are you working with him? She's got, like, uh, Sokozu by the lapels, if she had lapels, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, are you working with him? And we see a close-up on Sokozu's face, and she looks kind of scared, and then we cut away. We do not get an answer. Hmm. So we see John and Dargo walking through corridor, and John blames himself for what's happened. Mm-hmm. Says, it's my fault, I shouldn't have let her go, I should have just sat on her till she, <laughs> until she agreed to stay. It's like... Dargo says, look, it's not your fault, John. And then he has another flash in his own head. Scorpius sitting again in the same position, sitting over Aaron in the prowler. It's like, where is John Crichton? And there's blood on her face as well, blood splatters. Uh, Scorpius puts like a metal needle in the back of her head and she screams and we flash back and John's imagining what what did Scorpius do to her? He's tearing himself up over what happened but he's going to see Aaron so he he does meet with her and mm-hmm. in he goes through a little hatchway into the, this room which just has like it's a small room it has a bed on it there's a lamp and we see that Aaron is sat up on the bed in the full coolant suit yeah it's now also has the I guess the mask yeah it, it looks very much like Scorpius's so much so that when John sees her she turns around to look at him and he imagines again the implant screwing out of her head that Scorpius has and then there's a flash and then you see that the coolant rod is actually attached to the side of her head yeah and he uh walks up to her and she says like I'm really sorry uh for what and she says for everything this is not how she pictured coming back well that's faith for you yeah what does he says fate it's just fate uh, doing what it always does, screwing us in the fine print. Mm. That callback to the end of season three, where mm-hmm. you know they leave it up to fate, and this is where they've ended up. And John says, "So this heat delirium, how did you get it? Did you, you know, dancing naked in the rain? You know, uh, <laughs> how did you catch this cold?" And she basically says, "I can't tell you that. I want to tell you that. I really do, but I can't." Yeah, you know, we we need to leave it there. And John's like, okay. And he says, like, did Scorpius give this to you? And she's like, no, he didn't. He, I had the delirium before he found me. John's like, well, you know, no, no, this is Scorpius. He could have set the whole thing up to try and get on board Moya. And 
Aaron is like, no, I had the delirium. He was not involved. I know that, and you need to believe me. Yeah, and John's like, well, what? Where are we? What room is this? And Aaron's like, well, it's like it's something to do with regulating Moya's temperature. And you can see John, because first he's like, how did you find it? And then she says, no, Scorpius found it. You can see his face shift. His mood just sour at the thought that. He- Scorpius did this. And also there's a line in here where he again is talking about Scorpius like did did he give this to you? Aaron's like no he didn't and I I need you I want you to believe that and John says you make it very difficult cuz for whatever reason she won't tell him how she got it. And then we hear Pilot over the comms. We actually we're back up in command with Rigel and we hear Pilot come over the comms saying there's a ship approaching fast, very large. And Rigel's like well starburst get out of here and Pilot says, we can't, too much mass, too close. And Rigel's mostly, how can such a big ship suddenly get all? And then, yeah, we see a CG shot of the ship appear. And it's massive. It's many times larger than Moya. It's sort of glowy and irregular shape. There's like a spirally tube that comes out the front, which initially I thought looked like the Pathfinder vessel. Yeah, was my response as well. I was like, uh-oh. But we hear over the comms that it's it's somebody else. First of all, there's a big loud noise that comes over the comms and then they filter it out and here there, there is an alien called Ulam addressing the ship. And we actually see, I think we see, do we see him on the view screen yes, at this we point? Do. He's got kind of, uh, I want to say like a T-shaped head and with eyes on the extreme end of the top parts and there's like mechanical masks and, vent- and breathing apparatus over his over the top of his head and his nose and his mouth is then at the bottom of the head yeah with pointed teeth and it's a really cool a really good you know jim henson creature shop effect and yeah he he looks he's very clearly um not anyone that we've seen before so anyway he's saying that he addresses the ship and all the crew including the assassin aaron sun Okay. I am the one who induced her heat delirium, and only I can save her. It, it is genetically locked, and I have the only antidote, the only cure. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you the antidote as soon as Erin tells me what the ne- the names of her employers and fellow assassins. John's like, huh, okay. You know, what's happened? And she says, I, I can't tell you anything. I gave my word. Okay, fine. This guy says you're an assassin. I call him full of crap. What do you say? She she doesn't reply. She's like, are you an assassin? It's just nothing. She doesn't give him any information. John says, look, I need something. You need to tell me something. I need something to work with. What do you want me to tell him? And he also says, like, do you believe him that he said he has the only cure? And she says, yes. John's like, well, what am I supposed to say? And she says, if you love me, you'll say nothing. Okay. Help us out here, Aaron. Like, yeah. Oh. Give us something to work with. Deal us a hand. Yeah. And so we and see John talking to Rigel, telling him the plan that he's hastily come up with. The idea is Rigel will talk Ulam into letting him and Dargo aboard under the pretense of a truce. Yeah. Rigel says, look. Give me 30 minutes with Aaron and a knife, and I'll have those names. It's like, Jesus Christ, Rigel. And Dargo just looks at him and growls. He's like, okay, fine. Your plan first. No, not first. It's not going to happen, Rigel. Yeah. Get that thought out of your head. There's a great line in here, though, because, like, John says, like, we go, okay, so the plan is we go in waving a white flag of truce, and Dargo's like, yeah, and then we take that flag and beat him over the head with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, yes. 
Perfect. It sounds like a plan to me. And now we cut to somewhere else. We cut to the com- a command carrier. Ah, it, not just a command carrier, the command carrier. Well, Grazer's command carrier. We actually see Braca and a few other peacekeepers in Grazer stood around a prowler. And there's a female peacekeeper who is explaining to Braca that there's a there's a missile that they've developed. They're actually standing around the missile, if I right? Yeah, correctly. and that when it hits a leviathan, it disables or destroys all the biologics, which kills the leviathan, but it doesn't kill the people on board. It doesn't just blow up the ship. Yeah, it's kind of like an organic EMP. Yeah, but an organic EMP that doesn't kill anything but the organics of the ship. But the female peacekeeper says that she wants a prowler to carry it. Yeah, because that's the only way they could ever get that thing close enough to get a target lock. But there's there's a, a male a peacekeeper standing there who's some he he's clearly a pilot because he's making comments about you know flying and he says like no this belongs on the marauder a prowler won't be able to carry it properly no it it would be completely unstable but the female peacekeeper says that a marauder would be detected way too quickly Mm -hmm. only a prowler could get close enough and the pilot is just he's just adamant it's like no this prowler is a terrible idea it won't work so braca says look run the simulations again check everything to the female peacekeeper and then he then he looks at the pilot and says that should alleviate your concerns. Get to work. There's also a bit where the female peacekeeper says, like, well, I believe a skilled pilot could do it. I'm the best damn pilot on this ship. And I say it's not possible and, yeah, then run the yeah. simulations. And then uh, as they go to leave, Grazer calls Braca over and she says to him, "Is like, what kind of leadership was that? Ma'am, this is an experimental weapon and what we need is more tests to get a good idea of how it works. And she says, like, I don't want studies, Captain. I want Crichton. And this is when this is when you realize, like, Braca is having to deal with different a different management style than he's yeah. used to. Yeah, because Scorpius would have been like, no, 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 let's, let's figure this one out. Let's not waste this shot. Let's make sure we do this correctly. I mean, we've seen that he gets frustrated if the testing takes too long. Yeah, but... But he's, he will... He wants to know that it works before using it. Grazer... Well, it's interesting because at the end of the last episode, or the end of, sorry, not last one, but two episodes ago, we saw that Grazer wanted to get John and make him pay for humiliating her. And that's something that Scorpius never really cared that much about. If he'd just been humiliated by John but got the prize, Scorpius would be like, sure, bye. Exactly. Like, he doesn't seem to be bothered by the fact that he was chained up and, you know, led around like a dog he seems to be and again like it's grazer seems to have much more of an ego than scorpius scorpius is like make sure it's done right grazer is like i want those pictures of spider-man on my desk by monday bring me that john Crichton. he's a menace (laughs) he's a menace but yeah, it's it's interesting, because what Braca was doing here was getting these people to cooperate with each other. It's like, okay, you two, figure out your differences. I need this ship running as a group. Hmm. Grazer is like, no, you need to be in charge. You need. Well, we know she's into domination. Actually, yeah. It's, it, it's very much... I have written down, it's domination versus cohesion that these two are going at. And it's, again, it's interesting to see, like... Baraka be positioned as a kind of a more reasonable peacekeeper. Yeah, and it, it's also interesting because Braca used to be second in command, which is usually the role that tries to keep the ship together, and the captain is kind of the dick because they need shit to get shit done. And I don't think Braca's really has been able to shift into his new role yet. He's still thinking as a second in command. Well, even though he is ostensibly a captain, 
Grazer is there and she outranks him. So she so That is fair actually. So yeah. he kind of is her second in command and the show is definitely presenting it that way. Yeah, that is true. Even if he is captain which you know gives him command of a of a command carrier but you know Grazer outranks him still. Anyway, so we know that they they've got a missile they're going to try and attack Moyle with. Yes. So we go to John and Dargo who take a transport to over to Ulam's ship and they go without weapons as per their agreement. And John walks in it's like knock knock candy gram. <laughs> that's literally what he says. Yeah, that's li- that's literally what he says. <laughs> and we see the inside of the ship is brightly colored like blues and greens and there are curved struts and wireframe kind of things everywhere. It's it's a very brightly colored interior and then we see Ulom standing there and he's actually so he we saw this in the when he was on the view screen but he's holding like a gun that has a slug on top of it. Like like an organic slug. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like like a puppet. And apparently that's the thing that will that will inject Aaron with the cure. So Dargo's like, okay, flicks out his tongue at the man. Well, because, yeah, they argue a bit and uh, and he wants the names of those who worked with Aaron and they're like, well, we don't know. And it's like, well, did you play a part in his, her monstrous act? And like, no. What happened? And he says that Aaron and two other assassins invaded his homeworld, shot their way into the governing chambers and assassinated their prime Hakothian, their prime minister, basically. Yeah, their prime Hakothian or whatever it is, I don't know. Yeah, their, their leader. And John's like, you, will you know for a fact it was her? And Ulam said, like, we dosed the killers with a contagion that induces heat delirium before they escaped. So the fact that she has heat delirium should be all the proof you need. It's not entirely proof. Like, you could just be lying out of your ass. But, it's, yeah, okay. it's not. it's not airtight. But given that Aaron didn't want to say anything, yeah, it does add up. And so we actually cut back to the ship. We cut back to Moya, and we see Chiana checking on Aaron's coolant rod. And it's like, well, okay, no, it's red. There's something's wrong. It should be blue. And it, what is Scorpius what? over the comms is like, okay, put it back. Get a new one. <laughs> Naranti is also there, and she's got some powder. It's like, oh, this powder should this should help you sleep deeply. I wonder if it's still potent. No, no, Granny, no, less powder. We've talked about this for several episodes. Less powder, not more. Less. But she goes to throw it in Aaron's face, and Aaron just. Bam! Whaps it up into into her into like just hits Naranti so that it goes into her face instead. Yeah, and she stands up and she's like, "It is about how potent it still was." Mm. She sits up, she zips off the mask and leaves the cooling room. Yeah, and she actually she goes up to command and she throws out Sokozu. She's like, "You get out of here now!" But I'm working on the get out. <laughs> Fine. And we then see Ulam talking to John. You might want to tell Aaron that if she cooperated, then I'd have no reason to hunt the other assassins. And then Aaron appears on the screen. She's she's coming from Moya and says, like, threatening my friends won't help you. So, you know, send them home. Let Moya go because I am breaking the stalemate. And John and Dargo are like, look, somebody get up to command to get Aaron back in the chamber. Aaron, get back in the chamber. <laughs> like Aaron stop it what are you doing and she pulls out a pulse pistol puts it up to her head no 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 and says goodbye john and the other, everyone is yelling like help help and then rigel headbutts her from behind yeah she falls unconscious like and that's why we haven't spaced him yet yeah I, he's he's useful now and then and ulom tells john like a suicide attempt no i've been far too patient 
Like, I could have my soldiers board Moira at any moment. Have we pointed out at this point that he's using a hologram? Did we mention oh, that? Oh, right. Sorry, yes. We, yeah. we, we, we actually skipped that. Sorry. Because, yeah, when they're arguing at first, Dargo flicks his tongue out at him to try and knock him out. And it just goes, Bzzzup! it's a hologram. They're like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> but then, yeah, he says that, you know, we'll, I will send my soldiers. I could send them aboard Moira any time. And they're like... John just says, bring them on. Come on, bring them all on. We can do it. What do you think? You're going to be able to take Aaron alive? No. She, she'll be dead before you can get to her. And John says, like, and I need her more than you do. So if you back off, we'll get those names for you from Aaron. Uh, so, okay. I, I like that they, you know, they're, obviously their plan didn't work. They went over there. He's a hologram. They're like, okay. Plan B. Think on your feet. Think on your feet. Uh... Okay, 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 okay. We can do this. We can do this. Okay. Yes, I have a plan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then the next scene we see actually is Sokozu and visiting Scorpius in his chamber. And she goes to see him and says one word in pilot. It, it's something. And what it, it translates to, because Scorpius says it translates to uh, stasis mode or something. And the DRDs surrounding him go, pew turn off <laughs> and like oh you speak pilot impressive and she says like it shouldn't have worked these drds are really badly coded that should not <laughs> you know it's like root access drd control like oh i can't believe <laughs> password one two three four what do you mean they didn't change it from the, from the factory default bunch of idiots <laughs> sanitize your inputs uh <laughs> Drop tables, DRDs. Ah, uh, yes. Little, little Jimmy drop. Uh, Bobby tables. <laughs> Bobby tables, right. Yeah. Anyway, um, Scorpius then says, well, what else can you speak? And starts talking in Scarron. Yeah. She's like, yeah, I speak Scarron as well. On our na- This is, by the way, done with subtitles. Yeah, this is the first time I think I've ever seen subtitles in Farscape. Mm-hmm. And I was initially like, wait a minute, translator microbes. And I was like, no, wait, Sokozu doesn't have and can't tolerate translator microbes yep so it makes sense this scene does actually work and does make sense okay yep. never mind carry on <laughs> but yeah she's basically saying like on our nesk why do you help me and scorpius says well your death would serve no purpose but your life might well i haven't really served anything right now they're not listening to me and uh you're on a completely outdated junky ship with a complete with an incompetent crew but scorpius says like well they're more resourceful than you realize i'm like wait hang on is scorpius like sticking up for the crew <laughs> i mean it does make sense they've thwarted him time and time again they blew up a freaking command carrier yeah like and sokozu is just saying they're a bunch of idiots and scorpius is like okay i've known them longer than you have <laughs> trust me they're 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 not as dumb as they look no <laughs> They're actually quite clever. In a kind of crazy way. But um, she says also that she's being blamed for him being there. And uh, she says, like, well, how did you survive? Because she ge- it seems like she genuinely thought he was dead. I mean, she knew he wasn't exactly dead because he spoke to her in the grave, but he was yeah, buried. He got buried. And she asks him how he survived. And he says, foresight and preparation. I have theories what that means, but I'm not going to talk about that. And he says, like, that his purpose here is, uh, you know, he reiterates, I'm here to safeguard John Crichton's knowledge. 
amongst other things. Yeah, it's the amongst other things that makes me go, wait, what? I'm not surprised that Scorpius has an ulterior motive. I mean, come on. No, that's fine, but still, like, uh, oh, okay. So then John goes to see Aaron, uh, who is back in the coolant room, except she's strapped to the table this time. Yeah. In the coolant suit, but she's, like, held down so she doesn't try and kill herself again. Mm-hmm. She tells him, like, don't be upset. Death is nothing to fear. She's also, her speech is a bit broken because it's clear that talking is a bit harder for her now. And then we actually see John starts hallucinating again. Oh, yeah. And I wasn't sure at first, but this is this is Harvey messing with John. Yeah, probably. The thing is, it's not entirely clear. I think at the beginning of the scene, it's not clear. Towards the end, I was like, okay, this is Harvey messing with him. Because what we see is that John hallucinates that Aaron sits up from the bed. And rather than just being in a basic coolant suit, she's in full Scorpius gear with Scorpius makeup on. Yeah, and it's his full armor set that's usually included in his uh, coolant suit. And says like, why won't you let her die? And soon enough, you'll wish you had. That's actually, and soon enough you'll wish you'd had. That's that has to be Harvey because that's something John would never think. You're right. Yeah, and John's like, "Well, I'll get the antidote." And then we see Aaron Scorpius say, "Like, well, you're still in denial. Why won't you just let her go?" And then we, we it cuts between like the real world. What's going on? We see Aaron say, "Like, you have no right to do this. Ulam just wants me." And John says, "Not as much as I do." And then Harvey, this is interesting because here's everything starts bleeding into each other. Because Harvey said, well, let's assume it's Harvey. Harvey says, what gives you any right to do that? She's she's never been yours to begin with. And Aaron responds, and I never will be. And that's where I was like, wait, oh, whoa, hang on. Who's saying what here? Yeah, and we know that Aaron, I, I mean, Aaron clearly doesn't want to belong to anyone. She's very much independent now. She's her own mm-hmm. person. But... It, yeah, because it's bleeding in with what John is hallucinating. It's it's what it's because Harvey says one half of the conversation, and Aaron continues on with what Harvey is saying. That I'm like, who is saying what now? Because things are bleeding into each other. And the real Aaron says like, I made promises, and does that mean anything to you? And John says that. Well, does life mean anything to you? And um, when did you become an assassin? When did this happen? When I found the cause that warranted it. And. John's like, okay, can you just tell me something? Also, the reason I think this is Harvey is that in this scene, there's a bit where Aaron Scorpius is like, and part of it will always be with you in here, like taps John on the forehead, exactly the way that yeah. Harvey and Scorpius do. And on the side of his head or here, it doesn't matter. I'll, you'll never be free of me, either if I'm in the cell or in here, wherever. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, this is Harvey messing with John and trying to get him to confront some hard truths that at least that that harvey believes yeah the the thing is that's weird where harvey's being so aggressive about you'll never get rid of me i'm like harvey hasn't been that aggressive in a while he's been actually pretty mellow lately but again it's kind of that bleed between is he referring to harvey or scorpius yes that's a good point and the fact that it's it's not entirely sure who's saying what with aaron and harvey in this it makes it extra unsettling which works perfectly real creepy so anyway she says like she won't tell john about anything but john's like well okay look tell me that the guy you went after tell me that he was a really evil guy and that you that he needed to be killed and that there were a lot worse that he did a lot worse and that you took him out for the right reasons and yes like that you did the universe a favor yeah and you know is this worth dying for this secret and she says yes it is so we cut again to the command carrier 
and we see that uh, their scans have found a leviathan that could be Moya. And Grazer asks Braca for recommendations. And he says, like, I will fly a prowler with the missile. And he points at the pilot. It's like, you clearly do not have the conviction to do this. You don't believe it'll work, so I will fly the prowler. And clearly this is Braca trying to be a bit more commanding, a bit more, you know, authoritarian. And being like, I will fly it. You don't, you disobey agree get out so he hops in the prowler and graze is like good hunting captain you know what i heard when she said good hunting captain hope you die captain <laughs> so anyway we then we we flash back again and we see that john is going to see scorpius and we get another flash of definitely harvey this time yeah, yeah, yeah. again they're in the the cool suits and the guns and they're very they're, so there's this scene and a few other scenes they're doing like reservoir dogs oh right i was like which movie do i need to watch because this is actually pretty cool well shot ah okay reservoir dogs Got yeah it. reservoir dogs and so they're like harvey says to john's like you need to stay away from scorpius like don't give him an opportunity to get inside your head he'll take you know the wormhole knowledge don't don't do it don't do it john and harvey actually pushes him against the wall in the real world and John is like, whoa, Harvey, stop doing that. And we flash back into his head and he shoves Harvey against the wall. It's like, you do not get to do that. Otherwise, you go back in the dumpster. Yeah, we see like Harvey exerting some more control. This is this is definitely the most aggressive Harvey has been mm. in a while. I think it's you know brought on by the presence of Scorpius. He's afraid. Yeah. And so, uh, but John does go down to see Scorpius and he sees that Sokozu is there and he, she's turned off the DRDs and everything. And it's also when he walks, John walks in, Scorpius says to Sokozu, okay, this is prepared. Now you need to tell John, sorry, click, what does she need to tell me? It's like, oh, you've been on Scorpius's team all along, haven't you? And that's how you survived, isn't it? You used her. But Scorpius says, no, John, what she's actually done is helped Scorpius make a device that will remove the neural clone from your mind. Also, she's only just started to help. Yes. I like that John's like, um, what neural clone? Yeah, because <laughs> it was like, right, because Scorpius isn't supposed to know that. He only knows that because he was inhabiting, ah, uh, I know this name, Morton Joe's. Oh, uh, Grunchlick. Grunchlick's body was why he knew that. Otherwise, he wasn't supposed to know this. And then John tries to bluff him, and Scorpio just kind of gives him a look of like, really? <laughs> it's like, we do not have time for this. Help me clear your mind. Yeah, and John just is pointing the gun at him, and it's like, Scorpio says, I saved Aaron's life while the neural clone killed her. We flash into John's head, standing in an empty warehouse. There's a wooden chair in the front of the shot. Harvey's in the back and John just spins, points his gun at Harvey. Again, this this is like Reservoir Dogs and this is like the most direct reference to Reservoir Dogs with the chair and the, the that he's trying to get Harvey to sit in. And so Harvey's like, no, you can't be considering this. Like, you know what? I've overstepped. I'll, I'll get back in the dumpster. And John's like, this is a private place, Harvey. You don't belong here. Yeah, that's not good enough. And you can see, like, John struggling with this is like, recently Harvey's been an ally to him. And the thing is, both Scorpius and Harvey are right. Because Harvey's like, look, you can't be serious. Like, you're trusting Scorpius? And Scorpius's point about it was Harvey who killed Aaron. It's like, it's also right, yeah. Yeah, that is right. On the other hand, I mean, Scorpius, you could still have the chance because apparently you have the same tendencies as your neural clone. But mm. it's also clear that you know Harvey's been in John's head for a while, even though he's kind of got used to it. But he's been tormenting him and taking control, and and is responsible for a lot of bad things happening. Almost as not as much, but you know, to a some degree 
same sort of degree as Scorpius. So it's clear that John, certainly part of John, really wants to get rid of him. Even though he occasionally provides some benefit, it may not be worth the risk of just of keeping him around. It's also clear from those previous few scenes, which is uh, it's actually really good. You know, it's important. That's why they put them in there. Mm-hmm. That John cannot fully control Harvey. No, Harvey can exert influence, even. Even if it's very minor, he can. And that's a risk. And so Harvey's kind of pleading for his life, for his existence. And he's like, you know, you can't... <laughs> There's actually some fun lines because yeah, he's, like, yeah, yeah. he's like, you can't, like, how can I possibly leave your mind? It's full of so many wondrous memories. Cool jazz piano, chocolate ice cream, women. <laughs> but then he actually says, like, I've been your ally, I've been your friend. He's right. And John's like, but you're not real. And he's like, I'm real to you. I'm real to myself. That should be enough. And John's like, no, Harvey, sit in the chair. And Harvey's like, okay, John. And he sits down, takes off his shades. I'm going to miss you, John. And we see that in in the real world, what's happened is John has been like shaking and struggling, and he put the pistol down. He actually he manages to point it a little bit away from from Scorpius, and says to Sokozu, take it. And then once we see that. Harvey sat down in the chair. John points the gun at the back of Harvey's head. John actually leaps for Scorpius, which is probably Harvey's final ditch effort because when he does that, Scorpius just sidesteps, shoves John against the table where he jumped towards and just sticks the needle in his neck. And then Harvey is erased from John's mind. I like how John puts on the silencer on the pistol first before he shoots Harvey in the back of the head. Oh, yeah. And then you go, pew. And then John kind of yells a bit and then he settles down. It's like, Harvey's gone. It's like, he's gone. And then John looks at Scorpius like, what can you do for us? Well, I know that there is a missile coming in in three arms, specifically to kill Moya. And if you don't trust me now, we're all as good as dead. Yeah. Two things. One, Harvey could have been an ally against Scorpius because he knows how he thinks. So that that good play on Scorpius' part. If this is any play, well done. Two, who says that what Scorpius did only removed Harvey and didn't do something else? Yeah, we don't know. I... Let's assume that for now, Scorpius has been sincere. I know that the show can't doesn't have time to do stretch this out completely. No, and I mean, it's Scorpius. So we know that Scorpius lays plans over a period of time. So I feel like when, when we involve things with Scorpius and the Peacekeepers, there's always the chance that it will come back in a future episode. Yep. Much more so than like your plot of the week, which has, you know, it has come, those things have come Mm. back in the past, but they're not really as, they're not guaranteed with Scorpius and the Peacekeepers. You're like, yeah, no, there's a good chance they bring this up again. But it's interesting that once John, he goes through with it, seems to him that Harvey has been removed. And after that, then he, turns to Scorpius and is like what can you do for us he's somewhat ready to accept some help from Scorpius because this says it's not fully convinced him because he doesn't completely trust him which is no. the smart thing but he's like something has changed in his attitude he's like okay can we use you he sees Scorpius as an asset now he can he can use a tool nothing more but still something that he's prepared to use now. Yeah, so it's a, it's a good scene. And mm. my my only, not really a problem, but it, it's kind of that Harvey got dealt with very unceremoniously, very easily. Yeah, I, I wish they'd 
taken a little bit more time with that scene. Yeah, I, I can I can understand why they didn't in the over the course of the episode because uh, in this episode it felt like there wasn't really a whole lot of wasted time. Nope. Um, there was a lot. It was it was all used very well. So I can't really point to another bit and say, well, we should cut that out and put more time in with this. Mm-hmm. But it it means that you're like, oh, I wish we'd spent more time developing this because when Harvey got removed from the other Crichton, that was a bigger, much bigger deal. Yeah, we, yeah, 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 yeah. We had the whole roller coaster ride and you that know. Was a roller coaster ride literally, yes, literally. Ro- yeah. yeah and this one kind of scorpius jabs him in the back of the neck and uh he's gone which if you wanted to try and you know think about this in a meta sense could indicate that maybe harvey isn't really gone uh-huh. we'll see we'll, we'll find see. out <laughs> i think harvey's gone because i think john now has a real scorpius to contend with living in his house that's true i mean a lot of the reason that harvey has been around is so that they could have Scorpius or have a version of Scorpius to interact with John all the time, even yeah. though Scorpius is off doing his own thing. That's kind of why Harvey exists. They're now using the genuine article. So, yeah, maybe the need for Harvey isn't so great. Yeah, I, th- I think that's the case. Anyway, the upshot is Harvey seems to be gone, and John seems to be using Scorpius's knowledge. And also, Scorpius somehow knows that there is a missile coming in on the Prowler. So he's getting that info somehow yeah we find out pretty quickly because because they start thinking with the three of them john sukozu and scorpius in the cell and they're like okay what do you got scorpius says sukozu has a theory about the lukaithian ship and also that once the missile is locked on to moya it can follow them through starburst it will follow their their wake once it's locked on there's nothing they can do and john's like well i'm not leaving here without a cure for Aaron," because because they're like well Sukozu's like, oh, like we should starburst now like, but John doesn't want to leave because they need to get a cure for Aaron I like how Sukozu says we should starburst now even though I know we won't yeah <laughs> she's like look this is the smart thing to do so we're not going to do that obviously because <laughs> people are morons she doesn't care about Aaron because she barely knows her well also that we see that Sukozu cares a lot more for herself yes but yes like you said Sukozu has a theory and she said that there's a problem there's an anomaly in the mass readings and the ship may be a chameleon ship. First of all, Sukozu, how do you know what a chameleon is? Second of all... I think that's actually the translator microbes translating it into something that would... An analogue for us as the listener. Remember, Sukozu does speak English. Yeah, that's because we, as an audience, have translator microbes just like John No, but has. she does speak English because she learned it from John. Fair point. Actually, yeah, yeah, no, touche, touche. <laughs> so maybe she, maybe she did. No, 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 no. She understands English. She doesn't have to speak it herself because everybody hearing her would get the translated version. Whatever. The whole, sometimes the translated microbes makes things really confusing. <laughs> sometimes it works perfectly, unless one person is not using. Yeah. Anyway. She says it's a chameleon ship. It's a projection. That huge ship out there is not real. There's one small ship in there. How how small? A crew of like four or five. It's like tiny. It's like oh. So we, if we can you know, disable that, we can we can get out of here, or we can actually take them fairly easily. And Scorpius is like, I'll go over there and ha-. no, 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 and no. And Scorpius actually backs down. He's not going to push it. John's like, no, okay, Sokozu, you come with us, because we may need a nerd. Sokozu says, you have a real problem trusting people, don't you? My response, 
Trusting people? Do you have any frilling idea who that is? That's just someone. That's Scorpius. That's the thing, though. She doesn't really have any idea who I that know, that's, is. I know, that's why it works perfectly. That's just my <laughs> response to Sokoza being like, I'm sorry, are you not able to read between the lines of this crew's <laughs> yeah. response to this? That man is the literal devil. Yeah, like, okay, you're new here. I know you don't know a lot about what's been going on. I know you're out of the loop. But this man is literally Satan. So <laughs> forgive me if I have a hard time trusting this man who has put me through so much crap. It's like, Sokozu, you're a smart gal. Figure it out. Well, the fact that everybody drew guns on him all of a sudden didn't tip you off. Yeah. So, okay, Sokozu's coming with them because she's the nerd. She knows about ships and things. She's the smart one, kind of, book smart. But and Scorpius says, like, Okay, we have now two arms before the Prowler's in range. He kind of like looks off and is like, we only have two arms now. And John's like, how do you know that? And Scorpius says that he has a spy aboard the command carrier. And I like that John says, and she wonders why I don't trust him. Yeah. <laughs> also, I think I know who that spy is. Mm. Well, there is one person who we are very much led to believe is that spy. Yeah, it's not, not him. Don't believe it for a frilling second. Oh, we'll get into that in a, in a minute. But uh, John, Dargos, and Sokozu take Eren over to Ulam's ship. And Eren is wearing, like, she's got the coolant suit on and she's got, like, a blanket as well over her. Yeah, because John calmed them earlier and said, look, Eren is willing to talk. She's willing to talk because the heat delirium has gotten worse. She needs treatment now. And so they go over to Ulam's ship, and also we see that then Braca leaves the command carrier with the missile. Actually, yeah, when Braca leaves the command carrier with the missile, we we do see the pilot, the male peacekeeper. In the corridor, just peeking around the corner, looking into command, listening in on what's happening. It's like, oh. Like, immediately after the scene of, like, you know, I have a spy aboard the command carrier. Yeah, this seems like a bit of a fake out. This seems like a, a red herring. Oh, yeah. But this is clearly who we are supposed to believe yes. is uh, Scorpius's spy. I'm sorry, Farscape, I don't believe you. <laughs> I don't buy it for a second. <laughs> but on board Ulam's ship, John's like, she's worse. You, she needs the antidote now. And Ulam's like, I thought you had the names. Like, well, we don't, but she'll give them up. But she needs the antidote, otherwise you're not going to get the names. Because she'll be dead. And there's a moment of pause. Like, hurry up, come on! And we actually see that there are three other aliens who look like Ulam. And they're actually, they're his, they're his crew, they're his men. I think there's two of them and Ulam in the back. And Ulam is still a hologram. Because they knock, they knock the other guys out. Yeah, once the medicine is administered, and it's like, she's still shaking. And John's like, hit her again. No. That can't be right. That should have been more than enough to heal her. It's like, okay, bam, 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 draws gun, shoots someone. There we go. But yeah, Ulam is still a hologram and he seals the room and Eren starts getting better. She stands up. Because Ulam says, look, you can't go anywhere. I have you surrounded. I can vent the atmosphere in here. I could let you guys starve. I'm in control here. Yeah, but she tells Ulam, like, come out and face me unless you're a coward. And he gets right up in her face. Well, at least a hologram of him does. And he says, like, I faced you once before, you know. Do you remember? You shot me and left me for dead. Importantly, Eren is still wearing the blanket that she was covered with. She's still recovering. Yeah. And uh, Ulam says, like, you killed so many that day. But she says... Well, your leader had more slaughtered in one day than I could in a lifetime. And if asked, I would do it again and again, and I would do it for free. Yeah, and as she's saying this, a hologram behind her disappears. And we see Ulam hanging in what looks like some sort of... 
uh, just hanging from the ceiling. There's like a harness that he's in. And it's the real one because, yeah, he's not well. He's, you know, having trouble breathing or something. Yeah, and he has like an orb around his hand and he draws a pistol, aims at Aaron and shoots and nothing happens. Because he goes bloop and gets absorbed in a very familiar effect and we see that under her uh, blanket she's wearing one of the shield belts from the last episode. Because John immediately shoots the guy and goes to Aaron and she pulls that thing out under the blanket and it's like, huh, this thing actually works, huh? And it's like, what did you say it was called? It's like, oh, it's a talking uh, shield belt. And it's like, yeah. so that's why they were in the previously on segment. I like how it's far enough into the episode that you've already forgotten about the previously on. Yeah. But you're like, oh. It does also kind of strike me as a little bit of a of a D&D thing of like remember this this thing we got from the bad guys in the last encounter yeah. well let's use it here and yeah like, oh okay yeah it's a good idea I, I love that plan that they use that because she was that's why she was still wearing that um blanket because she was like I need to make sure he doesn't see I'm wearing this this came up in dialogue at the beginning of the episode with like oh is it the pathfinder ship and it's like Farscape quite often uses these little bits of continuity mm. That makes sense, you know, that it's the kind of thing that nerds like us would complain about if they didn't use, yeah, mention exactly. it, right? <laughs> like, well, but in this episode, why don't they use this? It's like, Farscape writers thought about that and put it in where it makes sense. Yeah, because they like their actors and don't want their actors to get those questions during <laughs> conventions. I think also because they have, like, Farscape is episodic, but they are they commit to longer term narratives mm. and so they're already in that space of writing of like using the bits that they've gone before yeah it's like they probably they view their previous episodes as a tool set that they can use like exactly before i make something up are there any nice toys i can just make do the same function yeah which is a great and part of the strength of farscape is you feel like this long journey as opposed to you know some other tv like sci-fi tv shows episodic content it's like it's this week to week what problem are we facing this time it's like mm-hmm. no there's this bit from two seasons ago there's this bit from a couple episodes ago we'll bring this up we'll bring that up Farscape does makes good use of its continuity. Yes, it really does. And in this scene, I was like, "Yes, of course," because it nice. that makes that makes total sense. They took them with them, and they had the shield belt. So yes, of course, they'll use them. It's the same thing they did with the defense screen. Yeah, they've reused that thing a lot after they got it. Again, this is why it puts me in mind of like of a of a D and D or like a sci fi RPG party where you're like, "Oh, we install remember this from the previous. We have this now, and everyone knows about it, so we can use it." Yeah, it just makes me think about that. Anyway, so so their plan works. They've taken out Ulam, and Aaron is cured of her heat delirium but they still have to deal with the missile that's coming in mm-hmm. and john asks like how much time do we have left pilot the pilot says eh, none by scorpius's calculations you won't be back in time yeah if if scorpius is to be believed you're already too late and so they're like um okay think 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 and john says like right this ship is a chameleon right because i got an idea there was a, a like a green orb on the end of 
Ulam's hand and they take it off and Sikozu looks at it and it's like oh this is a control orb direct neural interface again nice bit of continuity John says oh I hate those things because that's a reference to talent system yes and Sikozu looks inside and there are needles in there and John's like right okay we're going we're gonna leave yeah because he says Dargo take Aaron back to the um, shuttle Keep the motor running. Scorpius, how does this missile lock on? And Scorpius says it it attaches to the energy signature of Moya. Okay, Pilot, is there any way we can turn that signature off? And Pilot says that yes, only for about 800 microns though. That should be enough. Sikozu, this is a chameleon ship. You are a Leviathan expert. Fix me up a decoy. Yeah. Also, pilots, the way that they shut down Moya for this is they have to turn off all her biological systems. Yeah, she's basically going into a sh- brief induced coma. Yeah, which is why they can only keep it for about 800 microns. It's, it's like if you deprive someone's brain of oxygen or you turn it off, it's only a certain amount of time before they take irreparable brain damage, you know. It's, mm-hmm. So can't do that to Moya for very long. But if they can do it for long enough, then the missile should lock onto the decoy and then they can get out of there. And Sikosa's like, well, I don't know if I can do this. And John's like, look, this is our only chance. And she's like, okay, I'll try. Then we see Broca comes into range with the missile. He's coming back to Peacekeeper Command. He's like, I'm I'm in range, uh, scanning for the ship. And actually, we see that Ulam is not quite dead. Yeah, he stirs a little bit. It's like, ah, still with us. And he says, like, oh, to John's like, you finished what Aronson began. I was like, okay. Whatever, man. We let's just get out of here. Cool story, bro. And so Sakozu start uh, puts the orb on her hand, and we see that there's like a little a little wireframe hologram kind of forming of a leviathan shape. Mm-hmm. And she just manages to get it up and running as Braca starts his scan. Braca's like, "Hang on, there's must be something wrong with my sc- sensors. I'm reading two leviathans." At the command carrier, the peacekeeper's like, "No, we also see two leviathans. Something's something's not right." And Moya gets shut down. And so Braca's like, okay, well, one of the Leviathans is dead. The other one matches the signature. Yeah, it's like, okay, the dead one must be the decoy. Fine, here are the coordinates. You have permission to fire. And so he locks onto the decoy, and then Pilot tries to resuscitate Moya. Yeah, because the missile is locked on and fired away. So it is now invariably linked, as Scorpius says, to the decoy. So they turn Moya back on and get everyone out of the decoy ship on the uh, on the transport pod. It takes a while. At first, it doesn't look like he's able to get Moya back up. And I like... It's very minor in this at the end of this episode, twice. But I really love this. Because Chiana says, like, No, you can and you will bring her back, Pilot. It's Chiana saying mm. that. And Pilot does manage to get Moya back online. And so they're like, Okay, let's get out of here. And then the peacekeepers are like, Wait, no, the other Leviathan. It's not dead. It That one was a trap. It was a decoy. It was starbursting. What? <laughs> Yeah, and we actually see they they starburst away, and Braca like you see him shield his eyes from the light from starburst. They're like, ah, crap! And the other ship gets destroyed by the missile, and then Braca yells at the peacekeeper, the female peacekeeper over the comms, like your scans were incorrect, like you are relieved of your duties. Yeah, report to the brig. And Grazer cuts in, like, no, Captain, I will handle the debriefing. Lieutenant, report to the Aurora Chamber. And she's like, uh, Abois? No? I said, just take a seat. I'll be with you shortly. (laughs) So, yeah, Grazer seems to be a bit of a bad boss here. A bit of a mean boss you wouldn't really want to work for. No. I can't wait for her to join the crew in Season 5. I got bad news for you about Season (laughs) (laughs) 5. Like, 
judging by this by the cycle we've been doing, she needs to join the crew at some point. <laughs> well, well, we know that season four is the last season, so you've got to hurry up with that, you know. <laughs> anyway, so they get away, and John says to Scorpius, like, well, congratulations. Because we fade to Scorpius lying on the bed. Apparently some time has passed. Yeah, and John's like, congratulations, you know, you made it through the day without anybody killing you. Well, I mean, the day isn't over yet, but <laughs> and john's like okay you helped us out you're not dead but you know he's still in the cell but it's like i just have two questions one did you do anything at all to Aaron? i did nothing to her that would harm her in any way two on the carrier you said you knew where earth was is that true yes and he asked does anybody else know and he says no i have removed all the data from the ship all the knowledge as exists here and he points at his own head yeah and he says you can use it to get home or you can safely eradicate it by killing me again the choice is yours i love that because now john has knowledge scorpius wants and scorpius has knowledge john wants my 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 how the turns have tabled exactly because <laughs> because scorpius knows he wants to get home yeah 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 Scorpius knows he has a bargaining chip he can use against John now. Mm. Oh, it's really good. Like, I know Scorpius, yes. he's not on the crew. He's aboard Moya. He's locked up in a cell. But just the fact that he's there is is really good. I'm so glad. This is one of the best developments they could have done in season four. <laughs> Hi, we have a new crew member. Meet Satan. Meet the token evil member of the team. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the guy that wanted to roll lawful evil. Well, this is more like suddenly somebody turns up and is playing the big bad guy from the campaign. You're like, mm. wait a minute. <laughs> this isn't right. So yeah, but like like we said, we know that Scorpius is willing to do anything. Like he's not the only revenge he really cares about is against the Scarens. Yes. And like I said earlier, like his goals have changed now because he does not have the resources to make use of wormhole knowledge. So the best thing he can do is make sure that wormhole knowledge is safe. And that wormhole knowledge is in John Crichton's head. And that means John Crichton's head needs to stay on the rest of his body. Yeah, so for the moment, his goals do kind of line up. And it's important, I think, that we had those episodes at the end of season three where we see John and Scorpius starting to work together. Yes, because that's where we're going now. It builds that relationship, but it's clear that... John doesn't still does not trust Scorpius. Like, of course not. Yeah, it makes total sense because he'd be a moron if he completely trusted him. Uh, season four is going to be so good. Uh, two more scenes, though. Yeah, two more scenes before the end of the episode. And we see Chiana and Pilot, first of all. Ah, uh, can I say I love this scene? There isn't a lot of focus on this scene, but this is Chiana sitting with Pilot, heads against each other. And Chiana's talking about, it's so good to see you again. It felt like coming home. And I'm like... This is literally what Zahn would have said if she'd still be alive. Yeah. Gianna has just, it has filled the role of one of her best friends. And just, God, that's so beautiful just by showing, not telling. And Pilot says, we are also very happy to see you. With the exception of one, and it's the Sokozu. Yeah. And can I just say that I love what Pilot now says. It's like, with her around, we miss Jewel even more. And I'm like, Pilot, we are on the same wavelength. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, and Chiana says, like, hey, look, if Sokozo ever speaks to you like that again, if he, she ever gives you any lip, you drop her in Batren. You yeah, you should not be told by anybody what to do. And Pilot's like, yet everybody does. <laughs> and Pilot's like, 
Well, you know, that's our function. We are the pilot, but we can't serve so many masters at once. Yeah, because at first he says, Maya and I have come to a decision. And Janet's like, you want us gone? It's like, no, 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 not at all. Also, not she's not mad if he would have. Yeah, but what pilot says is like, no, we can't serve all of you at the same time. We ask you to choose one spokesperson, a single voice for us to follow. And so Chiana's like, you want a captain? Like, yes. And so Chiana's like, all right, I'll tell the others. We'll have a vote or something. So yeah, they're going to elect a captain. All right, start placing your bets. Uh, There's three people I I think would be qualified. I mean, John. Yeah, yeah. Aaron. Mm, Aaron would be a good choice. Aaron is probably my favorite chiana would also not be a bad choice okay because especially as a as a spokesperson towards pilot i think their connection is strong okay i feel like most of the people on the crew apart from sikozu obviously we're not counting scorpius because obviously not Ah. (laughs) and rigel those three like would be a bad choice anyone else would be fine i i think dargo's too hot-headed i would have said that a while ago Fair enough. Yes. Not uh, not anymore. I would have said that like early season one, still into season two and part of three. But I, I tell you what it is. It was when he eventually has dealt with his feelings. He, he matured from what happened between him and Chiana and Joffy. Yeah, you're right. And he is a bit more level headed now than he was. He's still prone to being angry and stuff. Mm-hmm. But he is kind of... He has matured quite a lot. If Farscape were a worse series, I would have easily said John without any hesitation. Thing is, I could see this show not putting its main character in the captain's seat. I could totally see... Aaron is... Like I said, Aaron is a very good choice for that. Well, we will find out who that is uh, in a future episode. Uh, because we don't find out in this one. Um, and there is, in fact, just one more scene left. Oh, yeah. And what a scene this is. So oh, uh, yes. <laughs> we see John walks up to command, fiddling with a console, looking out into the view screen. And then Erin comes in behind him and sits down. And she says hello and says she'd like to stay. And John's like, I'm sure Moya would be happy to hear that. Any reason? She's like, yeah, I need to recover. Any other reason? Well, I need to keep help you keep an eye on Scorpius. And, and he keeps pressing. He's like, any other reason? And she's like, I want to be here. And it's like, okay. Are there any other oaths I need to worry about? Like, things you can't tell me for some reason? Promises you've made? He's just slightly playfully saying that. And she shakes her head. Also, um, when we see the close-up, you can tell she's emotional about this. You know, she's yeah. she's kind of... She's smiling and is kind of almost a little bit on the verge of tears from emotion she's glad to be back also actually i i I should have mentioned this at the start of the episode but possibly important thing but erin's hair is down now yeah and longer than it used to be yeah and remember that when she went back to being quote a peacekeeper she tied her hair back up in her in a ponytail Ooh, good point and when she was more like emotionally vulnerable in the choice she had her hair down and it seems to me that that's kind of a symbol of like she's letting herself be more emotional be more open now and she's not being such so much of the rigid peacekeeper that she used to be it's just, it's just a change in her appearance that kind of indicates that to me but again she says that there's no other oaths or anything that john needs to worry about and john says so you could tell me that you were pregnant and you see her face kind of drop a little bit and she stop smiling and you can see her also dart her eyes to the side like when did he know how does he know this and she doesn't say a word and john just walks out john kind of has a look of like yeah okay 
and then walked away. Yeah, because he's clearly pissed. He gave her every chance to tell him. Yeah, and especially now that she's back. And she says she wants to be here. Yeah. She's like, well, if you want to you be here, you want to be with us, you want to be with me, it seems like. So you could tell me if you were pregnant and she doesn't say anything. You're like, well, all right, clearly you're still not fully opening up then. There's still some barriers between us. And so John walks off and the final shot is just Aaron set down at command. We see her from behind looking out to the view screen. That's the episode. That's uh, Promises. <laughs> that was a hell of a thing. Oh, yeah. That was one hell of an episode. That was really, really good. This is, again, this yes. is this is the stuff that Farscape does really well. Yeah, 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 yeah. And again, and we had like a, a villain of the week who turned up, but it was integrated into uh, the characters and their stories. Can I also just say that I love the fact that the whole hologram was a big thing for the enemy to use, and it actually was also the thing that they needed to shake off the missile. It's like, I know it's not that complicated, but it's a nice little way of tying those things together. Like, oh yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, and it doesn't feel like, oh, what a coincidence. We happen to have just the very thing we need. It feels like they are using all the tools that they have available, mm-hmm. which is not very much because they have to board there, kill the guy, take his thing and then do it. And so, <laughs> you know, yeah, this was this was a really, really solid episode. Um, if we want to put a rating on it, I would I would give it at least a four. Yeah, I think I'm going for a five, personally. Yeah. I, like I said, even when we said, like, getting rid of Harvey so quickly feels like a, a little bit cheap. But, like I said, I don't think there are any other parts of the episode that felt like they dragged. So, you know... It was it was very lean. It made use of its time very well. Yep. Which so I can't really say cut out this bit. And it also packed like tons of tiny little scenes, like Aaron's return, the fact that Scorpius is now part of the crew. Like, <laughs> but also the fact this was the first time I noticed it. It's probably happened before that Chiana really has stepped into Zan's role in a way yeah like it was we initially thought like when jewel came aboard it's like oh is jewel replacing zan because she's got the medical knowledge and such but it's clear that that was really all that they had in common yeah because chiana has basically become that heart the person that really cares about moya and pilot that emotional connection to moya and pilot Mm -hmm. like we saw that in yeah end of season three where they go where they're going to bury talon and shana says like you know i think I think I think you should do whatever the frog you want to do. Also, at that point, she said, "Like I always want, I always asked Zan how she got so well along with you, and it was being honest." Yeah. So yeah, it's great to see that from Chiana, and yeah, just overall, this episode was just really good. Really, like I said, this is this is Farscape doing what it does best, and that's mm-hmm. character moments and just emotional scenes, and and just what a just I, i'll just reiterate again like we've been used to uh harvey for a while and we saw scorpius at the end of season three and that was great but it's great to have like scorpius around because yes. scorpius is such a good character oh, i love him we said before but scorpius is the hero of his own story mm-hmm. that's the best villains really also right now his i mean previously it's it was a bluff but his goals and john's goals lined up now they do. This isn't a bluff from from John's side. It's like John's goal is stay alive, <laughs> and go, mm-hmm. uh, get home, and Scorpius's 
goal is keep John Crichton alive, keep the wormhole knowledge intact, yep, and safeguard it so nobody else uses it. So they do line up and they do have that reason to work together. So we get to have Scorpius around. He's still that guy who will probably sell them out if it benefits him. Oh yeah, totally. If it benefits his end goal, then yes, he would. So before we wrap up, there is one other thing I wanted to talk about, which is Sokozu. I mentioned this earlier, but this episode helps to distance her character from Jewel, so she doesn't just feel like Jewel 2.0. No, she doesn't. Because initially we thought so, because she was like, she thinks she's smarter than everyone, she's book smart, but she's not street smart, she's got orange hair, you know. The- <laughs> uh, to be fair, she's, she was already distancing herself from Jewel a little bit as things went by. But this really cemented it because she's clearly, she's a lot more arrogant than Jewel was. Oh yeah. And also, she really only cares about herself. Yeah, where Jewel, Jewel's very self-absorbed, but that didn't mean she didn't care about the people around her. No, and like we said before with Jewel that, remember uh, in Eat Me, when she kind of breaks down, yeah, and she's like, I don't know what I'm doing, I'm so scared, ah, I really don't know. Sokozu is like, I know exactly what I'm doing, you're all morons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whether that's true or not, and it's clear that she actually is not street smart, but she she's just thinks that she knows how everything mm-hmm. works. But she's also, she's way more self-interested because she goes to see Scorpius. I was going to say, she's, what I think they're going to do, what I find interesting is that Sokozu might be on Scorpius' side. Yeah, because Scorpius saved her life and she clearly thinks everyone else is a moron aboard this ship and Scorpius is a very intelligent, calculating person. Yes. And so they may end up with that kind of relationship which would seems like it would be bad for the crew (laughs) oh yeah it would i hope it happens (laughs) so yeah this is a really good episode you said five out of five yeah easily you know what i think i i think i agree with that i was like four minimum but just there's so much to like about this episode this is not the way we weren't or the choice but oh boy it's a really good it's best episode of season four so far and are only five episodes in but it was a rocky start to season four so i'm glad now that this episode is if they can keep this kind of pace up and with scorpius on the crew Mm. we've got those really good opportunities to tell some really interesting stories yep so hopefully we can pick things up and we'll get into get into the stride of things and like i said I i felt like once we get back on moya we should get back into the stride of, you know, putting out good, ep- like, really solid episodes. Like I said, last week was really good, but the first two were... The first three, even. Uh, I like Crichton Kicks, but it wasn't... Oh, gra- yeah, that's It fair. wasn't yeah, 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 that's fair. amazing. Anyway, the point is, we're back aboard Moya, and Scorpius is aboard as well, so... Oh, I'm excited. <sighs> yeah, me too. <laughs> what do we have next week? All right, next week, let's see. Uh, we are up episode six called natural election i know what this is going to be about yeah i didn't tell you last week because it was a spoiler for oh look scorpius is here oh incidentally did that work out that worked out right not telling me anything yeah yeah thank you (laughs) so yeah that was fun um but yeah natural election is next week and yeah the summary is while the crew is visiting a wormhole moya gets hit by a large toxic space plant and the crew have to find a way to kill the plant before it kills Moya. And Aaron tells Chiana a secret. Oh, secrets. Also, I thought I thought it was going to be about electing a captain, honestly. That may also happen. I feel like that's not going to be, like, a huge part of the plot. That'll be like, well, we, we have decided by the end of the episode. Yeah, okay, that's fair. So, looking forward to that next week. And, yeah, this was, again, just reiterate, this was a really good episode. And more of this, please. Mm-hmm. Keep it coming. I'm disappointed that we've lost Harvey. 
but we've got Scorpius on board, so I feel like that makes up for things. I agree. I think that's a, a, an upgrade. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we hope you enjoyed this week's episode, and we'll be back next week, as I said. Until then, find us around the web on Twitter at Hats and Red. At Rednimer7. And don't forget, go to cantwahats.co.uk for links to RSS feeds, iTunes, and if you feel so inclined, a rating or review on iTunes really helps us out. And it's all supported by the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash hats. So that's it from us. We will see you all next time. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Hats to someone at the door. Okay, I'll get it. Better not be another peacekeeper commander, though. We're full. Can I get some coffee over here? How about a new pillow? Coming, coming.